everybody, and welcome to Bite-Sized Shakespeare's Bite-Sized Bits. This is the segment of the show where we set out to answer your questions about Shakespeare. When Jess and I first came up with the idea for this podcast, we really wanted to be able to answer listener questions and any just any really common questions that show up when we talk about Shakespeare. So this is the first of those segments. And Jess is out sick this week, so you just get me, Emma. You're so lucky. The question that I'm setting out to answer this week is, what is iambic pentameter? To answer this question, we need to understand first that most of what Shakespeare wrote in his plays is poetry. Much of his plays is just a series of poems put together as the lines that the characters speak. When we talk about Shakespeare, when we talk about the lines that are written in poetry, we call those verse. And when we're talking about lines that are not written in poetry, we call that prose. A character might speak in verse if they are a noble person, if they're really high up on the social ladder, or if they're talking about matters of the heart, if they're proclaiming their love, or if they're being very introspective, or if they're just talking about something that's very important to the theme or plot of the play. On the other hand, a character might speak in prose if they are a common person, not very high up on the social ladder, or if they're just talking about regular everyday things. Iambic pentameter is the specific rhythm in which Shakespeare wrote his verse. There are lots of different types of rhythms that are used in all types of poetry, even today. But iambic pentameter just refers to the specific form or structure of the verse. So I'm going to break down the word iambic pentameter. So first we have I am. And an I am is a unit of measure that's used within poetry. It is a unit of stressed and unstressed syllables that are in a line of poetry. And when we're talking about iambic pentameter, we're talking about an unstressed syllable and then a stressed syllable. And what that means is a stressed syllable is a syllable that you'll put more emphasis on. For example, if I say the word airplane, the air is the stressed syllable, and plain is the unstressed syllable. Like if I said airplane, that would sound really weird because the stress is wrong. And Shakespeare used these stressed and unstressed syllables when he wrote in iambic pentameter. So an iam is also sometimes called an iambic foot. And a foot is also a grouping of stressed and unstressed syllables. So when we're talking about an iambic foot, we're referring to two syllables. The first is unstressed and the second is stressed. And when we put these feet together, we get a line of iambic pentameter. So that's I am. And then the next part of the word penta means five. So that means that there are five iambic feet in each line of verse. Here's an example. We talked about Romeo and Juliet last week, and this is a great example of iambic pentameter in Shakespeare's verse. When Romeo, in the balcony scene, he says, but soft, what light through yonder window breaks? When you're looking at this line in the iambic pentameter with the stressed and unstressed syllables, it reads, but soft, what light through yonder window breaks? And it makes this kind of ba-bum, 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 like a heartbeat. And that's what iambic pentameter sounds like. It mimics a heartbeat where there are 10 syllables in each line, two per foot, and five 
iambic feet in each line. So, ba-bum, 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 ba-bum. And Shakespeare did this because it was a very common form in his time period. It was easy for the audience to understand because of that heartbeat-like rhythm. It was very familiar to them. And when you look at the stressed versus unstressed syllables or words, then you can see what's really important in the line. And many Shakespearean actors use this technique where they go through their scripts and they mark all of the iambic feet that are in the lines that they say. And this gives them an idea of what is most important in the line. It also gives you an idea of pronunciation, and it makes the text flow really nicely and become the poetry that it is. This has been me, Emma, in your first bite-sized bit. I hope you enjoyed. And since you stuck with me this long, I'm going to fill you in on a little secret. If you send us a direct message on our Instagram, at BiteSizeShakespeare, telling us which play you think is next, then we'll give you a shout-out and possibly some prizes in the future. You'll have to see. But we will be giving little hints throughout our podcast on which play will be next. And here's your hint for the next play. This play takes place in a city called Elsinore. If you know what play that's from, give us a direct message on our Instagram at BitesizeShakespeare and let us know what you think. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas on how we can make this show better, you can send us an email at mandjesspodcasts at gmail.com. That's E-M-A-N-D-J-E-S-S podcasts at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at BitesizeShakespeare, on Twitter at BitesShakespeare, and on TikTok at mandjesspodcasts. Listen to Bite Size Shakespeare on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time!